This episode continues my story with magic. If you're just tuning in for the definitions, please feel free to skip ahead. My decision to drop out of high school wasn't the best one to make. It severely limited my options for colleges, trapping me where I did not want to be. I decided I had to heal my mind and my future, so I looked for in-state colleges outside of my city that would accept me at the lowest tuition. If I could fix my grades, I could maybe find a college better suited for me in the following year. So I enrolled at a university an hour and a half away that had a good reputation for its acting program. At that time, and for a long time, acting was my passion. I loved commanding a stage, channeling unique characters and feeling connected to the audience. Still convinced there was no future for me in magic, I committed to acting as my sole career path. Turns out, if you love performance, you probably love magic. Through this acting program, I met the people who formed my first coven. Though we never called it a coven, we certainly performed as one. We often met in our dorm rooms to perform rituals and seances, trying to channel the dead. We communicated with angels, practiced summoning through the Ouija board, and read each other's cards, openly expressing what we were psychically sensing, seeing, and feeling. We hardly spoke without spiritual undertones, and when we needed advice, we'd immediately choose a tool of divination or trance channeling. It was the first time I could fully bond with others in this way. We experienced miraculous events, advanced our abilities, and supported each other as we pushed ourselves to venture further into the mystery. But my fears were also amplified, and insecurity reared its ugly head. If others could do this, was I really that special? Or was I mediocre? I started to move toward the darker sides of magic, where the ego wants power over love. Someone in our group that I became very close to felt my sting. She gave me a lot of her time, energy, and understanding. She admired me and saw me as incredibly gifted and powerful in a way she hadn't experienced. All that she reflected should have filled me with love and camaraderie. But my ego twisted our relationship. I felt so insecure around her, seeing her as having everything I should have had. My jealousy and bitterness of her apparent ease through the world spilled over on a trip she had graciously invited me on. I started a fight that ruined what had been so special to us. Thankfully, we reconciled and continued to have magical conversations to this day. I'm not sure if it was the fight with my friend or the fight with myself that gave me the power to manifest my next adventure, New York City. I had flown there during the spring to audition for schools and was accepted into the second year of a college as a BFA major. My grades had improved significantly, so I was able to acquire some financial aid. 
along with my mom's help, I was able to attend. Finally, I was heading to a place where all my dreams could come true. It's funny how we imagine certain parts of ourselves as just phases. In the next episode, we'll talk about my first year at my new college, meeting new friends who shared my love for magic, and the demonic experience that almost made me give up magic for good. But for now, we go on to the twos. The twos in the minor arcana tell us there's a choice that we'll eventually have to make. In life, choices spring up when we're in conflict or drawn towards more. Like two opposing magnets, you're being pulled or pushed to make a decision. Numerology describes twos as an opportunity to balance. This balance can only be achieved by obtaining and utilizing what's missing. Twos are also a part of group one, telling us this is a choice involving a new experience or event. When you pull the two of wands, there's a choice of expansion calling to you. You may be in a fearless mood, believing fully in your potential and power. There's excitement in your heart as you plan a new adventure, leaving what you've known for uncharted waters. Infused with the energy of the wands, you may find yourself mapping out the steps of your vision, getting clear on what it will take to obtain your goal. When I pull this card in a reading, I know the person is considering an opportunity that could expand their horizons. Whether it's a career shift or chasing a sense of purpose, they're ready to follow their heart. This could be a new challenge, a chance for fun, or exposure to new people, cultures, or stories. The balance will be found in taking a leap of faith, trusting that your soul's desire for uncharted territory is a good enough reason to pursue your dreams. When I see this card in my own readings, I'm usually in planning mode. I'll find myself mapping out ideas I've come up with or researching to see what's possible for me. This is a wonderful manifesting card, supporting my drive toward the future. When you pull the Two of Cups, there's a choice of connection available to you. You may feel deeply understood and accepted for who you are. You may have been searching for compatibility and this card depicts someone who's right for you. You've met a good match and they feel it too. This can be a choice to become exclusive with someone you've grown to love or finding your ideal partner in some endeavor. When I pull this card in a reading, I have to be very wary of the question or concerns of the client. There are a few cards in the deck that new readers cling to, and this is one of them. Being a minor arcana and in the suit of cups, I can determine this is a personal feeling of mutual understanding. Being a two, I know these feelings may be new and they involve a choice that suggests an opportunity for balance. Only if the question is specifically about love do I interpret this card as a romantic relationship. This card tells me my client is drawn to someone or something that's good for them. When I see this card in my own readings, 
I know I'm building new and positive relationships around me. I'm impacting people emotionally, fostering understanding and a sense of belonging. I'm choosing to relate to others, speaking from my heart and personal experience. I may not fall in love that day, but I'll feel seen and safe. When you pull the two of swords, there's a choice of speaking out or not. Unsure of what you think, this card tells you you're balancing by collecting more information before you show your hand. You could be analyzing troubling news or choosing to keep a secret from someone or everyone. This requires you to stay emotionally and mentally vigilant, caught between what you may want to talk about and keeping everything peaceful around you. When I pull the Two of Swords in a reading, I know the person has something on their mind that they may want me to bring up. This card emanates a fear of losing control of one's mind or surroundings, making it scary to directly ask about. This card tells me the person hasn't gathered enough information to take any action, so they may have to wait until something satisfies them. When I pull the Two of Swords in my own readings, I'm usually unsure what to think about someone or something that happened. There could be some troubling information I'm going over or being asked to keep. I could also find myself holding my heart and mind close as I don't want to open up too soon. When you pull the Two of Pentacles, you're choosing to take on more monetary or material responsibilities. You could have taken on a second job, signed up for an internship, or had something thrown onto your plate that you have to deal with financially or physically. Whatever it is, you're having to balance an overflowing to-do list or financial plan. Even if none of these are new to you, they may not have progressed past a daily grind. When I pull the Two of Pentacles in a reading, I know the person may feel like they're treading water, but they're making it work. A lot of times, this comes up as a limit. The person can't balance any more past here. They'll have to choose between two realities. There may be two jobs, two loves, two offers that both want the person to advance, but they can't commit to both. When I pull this card in my own readings, I'm usually being asked to choose what I want to focus on. Something shiny has taken my attention, but I'll eventually need to pick one of them and give it my all. This has also come up as having something unexpectedly thrown onto my plate that I can't ignore. It's sometimes a financial matter. Exercise number three. We're ready to move on from identifying the cards to reading the cards. Over the next couple weeks, we'll exercise by reflecting on the day. There's still no need to memorize any definitions. We'll only be referencing the splits in the deck and the suits. Every evening, pull one card and reflect on your day with it. If it's a major arcana card, ask yourself if anything major happened to you or someone you know that day. If it's a court, ask yourself if you spoke with or exemplified the meaning of the suit. For example, if you pull the king, queen, knight, or page of pentacles, did you speak with anyone about money or meet with someone of value? If you pull a minor arcana, 
Ask yourself if you experienced the suit during the day. If you pulled a wand, was your career your main focus today or a sense of purpose? If you pulled a cup, were you in your emotions today or dealing with relationships? If you pulled a sword, did a conflict or issue arise that you had to deal with? And if you pulled a pentacle, did you have to deal with money or something of value? This will allow your intuition to make connections broadly, opening up more potentials for answers. See you next episode. Blessed be.